You're listening to our weekly podcast, Getting in the Word with Stuart Guthrie. Stuart is the teaching pastor of Family Bible Fellowship of Ridgeville in Early Branch, South Carolina. We hope to grow together with you, seeking real knowledge from the truth, the Word of God. Here's Stuart. Well, again, we're just going to take a short break from the book of Titus and jump into uh, the sermon I've entitled, Living in a World of Suffering, uh, from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8 to 11. For those that don't know much about my past, I I used to fish a lot. As a matter of fact, I I traveled around fishing the IFA Redfish Tour. That tour took us as far up as North Carolina, down to Louisiana, and even down into the Everglades, uh, down in the 10,000 Islands in South Florida. One of the things that we found ourselves in as we traveled was uncharted waters. Uh, we would find places we had never fished before. And, and so one of the things in a tool in the boat that we used was a GPS. And this GPS would remind us, because we didn't know where we were, I've never been there before, it would give us the ways by which we should travel. It would give us the routes that would keep us safe from running aground because underneath the water this GPS would show us the depths and the channels by which we could run safely through. Just a few years back, we, my partner and I fished in a tournament in Charleston. And we made the journey from Charleston to Knowles Island, which is Ridgeland, in the water. And about the time we hit the St. Helena Sound, we, in, we were engulfed with a thunderstorm, lightning popping everywhere around the boat. My partner is balled up in the corner praying, God, let us live. I'm driving the boat trying to get to the fishing spot and I could not see 10 foot in front of me. Fog, waves, and I had never traveled through that water before If it had not been for that GPS to navigate me in the unknown, there is no telling what would have happened. Listen, I think it's helpful for us today in the same way as we are facing these problematic moments, these rough waters, these storms of life, so to speak, that it would be wise for us as Christians to have some help in navigating as we face it all. Some different sufferings than others, some different pains than others, but nevertheless, there's one thing common about this life. We all face them. You see, the world wants you to search for direction, for guidance, for, for, for every area of life, but for the Christian, our roadmap. Our system of navigation, our tool for getting around should and always find themselves hosted in the Word of God. And so what better place to look than in the Word of God? Because the Word of God is faithful. It will never let you down. While everything in this world may change, the reality is the Word of God is firm. 
Matthew 5.18 says, For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth passes away, not a single jot, not a stroke of a pen will disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. 1 Peter 1.25, But the word of the Lord stands forever. Numbers 23, 19, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? We need to be reminded of the Word of God and the promises of God as we face these days. Psalm 119.89, Your Word, O Lord, is everlasting. It's firmly fixed in the heavens. Isaiah 46, I declare to the end from the beginning in ancient times from what is still to come, I say my purpose will stand in all my good pleasure I will accomplish. Isaiah 55, 11, so the word that proceeds from my mouth will not return to me empty. It will be accomplished. It will accomplish what I please and it will prosper where I send it. Isaiah 40, verse 8, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the Word of God stands forever. I know there are many going through a lot. I know there are many experiencing tragedy in their life. I know you're worried. I know you are scared. I know you are uncertain about what is true and what is false. What do I believe and what do I not believe? Will they live? Will they die? Will they be saved? Will they be lost? Do I turn from the right or do I turn from the left? Which way do we go? Every single one of us are facing extremely difficult choices in life. And while all that is very true, we need to stand firm on the reality that we navigate through every aspect of our lives through the living and active Word of God. Psalm 119.105 reminded me that Your Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. With that in mind, I want us to turn to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And we'll be really narrowing in on verses 8 to 11. I had Tony read really 1 to 7 because it's an encouraging section of the Word of God as we are reminded that God is our hope, that God is our ultimate comforter. So he says here in verses 8 to 11, we do not want you to be unaware, brethren, of our affliction which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened excessively, beyond our strength, that we might, that we even despaired even of life. Indeed, we had the life sentence of death within ourselves, so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead who delivered us from so great a pearl of death and will deliver us on whom we have set our hope. And He will yet deliver us. You also joining 
in helping us through your prayers. So that, so thank, so that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the favor bestowed on us through the prayers of many. Paul really gives us three tools that helps us in this selection of Scripture. He gives us three methods here for which we can uh, use to help navigate and prepare for the days ahead. Maybe even navigate through what's happening now in your life. Because, listen, the Scriptures are very clear that difficulties are coming. You are either headed into a trial, a tribulation, a suffering, a pain. You are either in a trial, a tribulation, a suffering, or a pain, or you're coming out of a trial, suffering, tribulation, or pain. And just like you cannot turn a storm from hitting where it decides to go, so you can never stop the trials of life that are coming your way. And so our solution is to learn to navigate in the midst of those circumstances. To navigate through the lives of sufferings which will come. It's not a matter of if there will be difficulties. It's a matter of when you will experience difficulties. And the question that you have to ask is, are you ready to experience those sufferings? Are you ready to walk through them? Are you prepared in your heart and in your mind? Because the reality is, they will happen. So let's look at three specific things I believe that Paul points us here in this text that will help us chart these difficult times. First, I want you to know the pain. Secondly, I want you to know the purpose. And thirdly, I want you to know the plea. The, the, the pain, the purpose, and the plea. Let's begin by understanding the pain. When you and I think about pain and suffering and difficulties... I don't know about you, but I think about the Word of God and men and women throughout history that have walked through the pains and sufferings of this life. Why? Because it was worth it to them. Christ meant everything to them. He was above all and through all and in all for the glory of God. In the lives of those that we can look back at Scripture... We see this suffering through the Bible. And we've all experienced suffering. I mean, I'm reminded here in the Scriptures of the life of Job. Yeah, I would venture to say this man Job went through a lot of pain. A lot of suffering. But God put a lot of trust in Job, didn't He? He, he, he allowed what happened in Job's life because He believed in Job. He knew the heart of Job. He knew that Job could navigate through the difficulties of life and ultimately give God glory. But it wasn't until he walked through everything that he finally understood. After all that Job went through, in the end he confessed to the Lord what we find here in Job 42, 2-6. Two to six, and I know that you can do all things 
and that no plan is impossible for you. Who is this who conceals advice without knowledge? Therefore I have declared that which I did not understand, things too wonderful for me which I do not know. Please listen and I will speak and I will ask you and you will instruct me. I have heard by, by, by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. Therefore I retract and I repent sitting on dust and ashes. Job suffered. And we remember his sufferings and the fact that he lost everything. But do we remind ourselves that in the end, he was a man that walked faithfully? How about Joseph? You remember Joseph sold into slavery by his own brothers because of their jealousy, because they didn't like what God's ultimate plan was? He was sold into slavery, bought, brought into Potiphar's house and accused of going after Potiphar's wife, sent to prison, in there for a long time, suffering, pain, and God delivered him. He brought him out of that and allowed him to handle the affairs of Egypt and listen to what it says in Genesis 50, 18-22. Then his brothers came, also fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid, for I am in God's place. As for you, what you meant against me, evil, God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to keep many people alive. So therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. So he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Joseph suffered, but he pressed on. And God used him to provide, to save the people of Egypt. How about King David? A man after God's own heart. Running from Saul. Pursuing after his life. Hiding in caves dealing with death all around him, dealing with persecution coming his way from every side. He says in Psalm 31.13, For I have heard the slander of many. Fear was on every side. While they took counsel together against me, they devised to take away my life. He lived a life of suffering but pressed on, made it through, navigated the storms. Listen, the Bible is full of the reality of suffering in this life. Matthew suffered martyrdom in Egypt, killed by a sword wound. Mark died after being dragged by horses through the streets until he was dead. Luke was hanged by an idolatrous priest on an olive tree in Greece as a result of his tremendous preaching to the lost. Peter was crucified upside down because he didn't feel the, that he was worthy to die in the same way that Christ died. James, the son of Zebedee, he, this was a fisherman by trade, given a life to ministry, ultimately beheaded in Jerusalem. 
Bartholomew, known as Nathaniel, whipped to death. Andrew, crucified. Thomas, stabbed with a spear. Jude, the brother of Jesus, killed with arrows because he refused to deny his faith. Matthias, a chosen apostle. Oh, what a great deed. Stoned to death and beheaded. Barnabas, stoned to death. Paul, tortured. Beheaded by the evil emperor Nero. What's happened to Christianity today? We need to understand one thing. Pain and suffering were the common mark of a Christian. All through Scripture. All through history. Who would have ever thought that in our day, the common theme of the Christian faith would have been health, wealth, and prosperity? Rather, the reality is that the common theme of the Christian faith is indeed suffering. It was indeed persecution. It was indeed being considered an outcast in the community. Paul was a man that learned how to navigate through sufferings. He didn't try to deny them. He didn't try to escape them. He learned how to walk faithfully as an obedient follower of Christ in the face of sufferings. So let's hear what Paul has to say about sufferings. Well, he says, for I don't want you to be unaware brothers and sisters of our affliction, which we uh, occurred in Asia, that we, that we were burdened excessively beyond our strength so that we despaired even life. Indeed, we had a death sentence within ourselves. Listen, the most important thing that needs to be made clear is that sufferings are a reality for the Christian. Pain is to be expected. He said in the beginning, we don't want you to be unaware. Paul wants us to grasp in verse 8 that we need to understand not to be surprised by the reality of pain and suffering that this world faces, that we as Christians face. For we live just like they lived. And he wanted those in the Corinthian church not to be surprised by it. Not to be taken by surprise of the afflictions which had occurred to them in Asia. Pain was to be expected in the Christian life. Persecution was expected. And Jesus even thought so when He said in John 15, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. Suffering should not be a surprise to us. We need to learn to expect them. Paul says, hey guys, don't let these afflictions go unnoticed. He said in 2 Corinthians 4, 7 and 10, a little later in this book, but we have this treasure in earthly containers so that the extraordinary greatness of the power of, uh, will be of God and not of ourselves. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed 
perplexed, but not despairing, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying around in the body the dying Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. The the mark of true Christianity is that we suffer for Christ. We've become so comfortable in this culture. That we'll do anything and everything to get away from persecution that might arise. Any suffering, I, I don't want anything to do with it. And yet it seems to be the common thread in the Bible. It was one of the presidents of the navigator, Lauren Sanny, that said this, and I found it to be very true. If you are suffering without succeeding then someone will succeed after you. And if you are suffering or succeeding without suffering, someone has suffered before you. Let me say that one more time. If you are suffering without succeeding, then someone will succeed after you. And if you are succeeding without suffering, that means someone suffered before you. Why? Because, listen, success equals suffering and suffering equals success. Suffering is to be a part. Paul experienced oppression, affliction, tribulation in Asia, and he doesn't want that reality to be gone unseen. So he told his readers that we were burdened excessively, beyond our strength, so that we despair even of life. He's saying that their sufferings Their pains were beyond measure, given the idea of a scale that has pegged beyond its ability to measure. That's where their pain registered. On a scale from 0 to 10, they were at 20. It was not only an excessive burden, but one that was beyond their own ability to overcome. I'm not talking about having to listen to a hymn you don't like. I'm not talking about it's too hot in the church or too cold in the church. I'm not talking about a sermon that might hurt one's feelings or the preacher preaches too long or someone shutting the door on your offer of the gospel. Sometimes those can be hard, but this is a suffering beyond any of their ability to deal with. Maybe like what these Christians are facing in Afghanistan. Being invaded, being vetted. Searching their phones for Bible apps and then executing them when they find it. Or when their daughters are above a certain age, if they don't have an ex on the house to let them know, they will come in and kill the entire family. This was Paul saying that our burden was beyond strength. It wasn't possible for them to get out of the suffering. Only God, only God in His miracle, only God Himself could deliver them. They were stuck. 
The Greek word used here is dunamis. It's, it's where it derives power. And so it means that they were under some power that they were not able to escape from. They were hopeless in their own strength. And he says so much so that even we despaired of life. They were certain, listen, that they would die. That we've been to the point in our walk with Christ that we felt like we were going to die. There was no way out. Listen, maybe you're experiencing something in your life where you just feel you are at the end of your ropes. You, are, you, you can't deal with what's going on in your life. That only you know that God is the only one who can deliver you out of this situation. That's what they are in. Indeed, we had a life sentence of death within ourselves. They were at the end of their ropes. You may be a Christian walking through pain, through suffering, through problems, but be not surprised, my friends. You will encounter them. I'm sorry if someone sold you a bill of goods, that if you prayed a prayer and accepted Jesus into your heart, that life would be all much better for you. No. We would be wise to count the cost. We would be wise to count the cost. Who builds a house and fails to count the cost? He is the one who will be embarrassed when he's unable to complete the task. Listen, your faith in Christ will cost you everything. Everything. It costs them everything. In the same way the unbelievers, listen, walk through this life burdened excessively beyond their strength. They, they are captivated so that they are certainly despaired even of life. You know, when I hear this, I hear life on earth in this temporal world. And the Bible reminds me that, that the Bible says that we are all dead in our trespasses and sins. All humans should feel this way because of the burden of sin and the helpless state we come into this world in and our need of a Savior whom is Jesus Christ. But for those that have placed their faith in the Savior of the world who have put their faith in the hope of God's Word, they shall stand firm. Look, look at Second. Corinthians chapter 1, starting in verse 3, when it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. And what does He say? Who comforts us in all our afflictions so that we will be able to com comfort those who are in any afflictions with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Listen, when we have our hope in Christ, when we put our faith in Christ, the beauty is, is that when we walk through these sufferings, we can be comforted by Almighty God to know that this temporal life, though it may be tough now, will come to a close and we will live in eternity in a place called heaven. There will be no pain. There will be no suffering. There will be no persecution. But we can have the hope and the joy of eternal life with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 
but not those who have never bowed the knee to Jesus. They will be separated from God in a place called hell. I would encourage you to endure the pain and suffering as a believer, as a follower of Christ, so that when the end comes, there is joy that comes in the morning. But for those that have never put their faith, their pain, their suffering that they will also endure in this life, when they come, will continue for eternity. Have you put your faith in Christ? Pain, my friends, is to be expected. I'm reminded that Peter also warns us not to be surprised in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 to 14. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you which comes upon you for your testing as though some strange thing were happening to you. But to the degree that you share in the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing so that also at the revelation of His glory you may rejoice with exultation. If you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed. Because the Spirit of the glory and of God rests on you. What do we consider blessings today? Peace, comfort, financial prosperity, good health. Those are all blessings, aren't they? But when, we, when have we ever viewed the persecutions we endure as a blessing from God? Maybe we're missing it. Maybe as blessed as we think we are, maybe we're not as blessed as we think we are. Because here we are reminded if you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed. It reminds me to preach the gospel. Speak of Christ. Tell of His goodness and His greatness. So let me ask you a personal question. Are you prepared to suffer for Christ? Your hope is built, listen, on the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You will walk in this world you will point people to Jesus Christ. You will suffer for the sake of Christ. And you will die. You will be buried. And you, my friends, will have, who have accepted Christ, will be raised to glory with the Lord Jesus Christ for eternity. And He will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. For those that have rejected Christ, they will be raised to eternal judgment. And it will not be so good, but he will say, depart from me, for I never knew you, you workers of lawlessness. Suffering, pain, and chaos. You see, death isn't our problem. Where you go after you die, it should what keep you up at night. If Christ is Lord of your life, sleep well, my friend. Because nothing that happens in you, through you, and in this world will prevent what's coming. And that is eternal glory with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who has died on our behalf to make us right with Him. So let us consider not only the pain that is to be expected, 
but the purpose. I, I want to give you hope. <laughs> I mean, that's despairing, isn't it? Wow, thanks for the encouragement, Pastor. Just what I was looking for in a message. Suffering's coming. But, but let me remind you there's a purpose in the suffering. You see, when you understand the purpose, you can deal with the suffering a little better. It's like bad medicine. When you know it'll fix you, it's easier to swallow, isn't it? There, there is a reality that many times the pain, the suffering, the persecution causes the Christian to walk in defeat because ultimately they don't understand the purpose for, for which they are walking through the suffering. I mean, look at Job. Job didn't get it, did he? Until he had walked through it. Understanding the purpose is a large part of dealing with the pain. Listen to what Paul says as he continues in 1 Corinthians 9, 2 Corinthians 1 9. Indeed, we had a death sentence within ourselves. That, that word right there, ourselves, circle it. That should draw your attention and, and suck your eyeballs into the page. We had a death sentence within ourselves. Why? So that we would not trust ourselves, but in God who raised the dead. You see, they needed to come to the end of themselves so that they wouldn't have the ability to rely on themselves, but rather they would trust God who is able to raise dead men to life. The suffering, the pain are allowed by God to cause your dependency on God. I don't know about you, but when difficult things come, I find myself being a man of prayer more often. When your difficulties come your way, I find myself praying for you more often. I think about Don, who's back home now with us. Every morning, my eyes woke. Don danced in my head. Pray for dawn. Every morning I wake Alton danced in my head. Praying for Alton. Every day I wake in my head. Presley is, comes to mind. Every day I walk in my head. Chuck Lather comes to mind. Why? Because they are suffering. And they're dealing with difficulties. And I'm reminded of my inability and how only God in His great mercy can do in and through them what He is able to do. And thus the suffering and the pain draws us to Almighty God who in the end we know is the only one who can deliver us from our circumstances. The sufferings, the pain allow us to place a dependency on He who is able. Even though Paul comes face to face with death, even though he, he was suffering, yet he did not die, Paul came close to death. He died in the end. But he says here in chapter 11, 
far more labors, far more imprisonments. Verse 23, beaten times without number, often in danger of death. Five times I received the Jews 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with a rod. Once I was stoned, left for dead, got back up, went back into the city and preached the gospel. Three times I was shipwrecked. Night and day I've spent adrift at sea. I've been on frequent journeys in dangerous rivers, dangerous robbers, dangers from my own countrymen, dangers from the Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger in the sea, danger among false brothers. I have been in labor and in hardship through many sleepless nights, and I have hungered and I have thirst, often without food, in cold and exposed, apart from such external things. There is a daily pressure on me of concern for all of the churches. All this man went through. He's thinking about the church. He's not worried about himself. He's not worried about his own suffering, his own pain, his own problems. He is concerned with others. You talk about a man who must have understood his purpose and the purpose of everything that he had went through, of suffering and pain. You see, young people, you need to hear this message because right now life's grand for you. Many of you, you you've never experienced pain. You've never experienced suffering. But let me remind you that it's coming. And what you take with you now and what you prepare for now will enable you to endure down the road. So don't sign me out as we deal with this suffering. Listen, God wanted him to abandon his reliance on himself. And instead of his uh, putting his complete trust in Himself. He wanted that complete trust in Almighty God. Because of all that He went through, because all that He stood at the death's door and faced the impossible, it, listen, it would require Paul's complete abandonment of himself, any trace of reliance in his own ability, and an utter absolute dependence in Almighty God who is able you see, the Christian to walk successfully through trials must understand his purpose. The purpose of the trial, listen, is that you would trust in God. Trust in God alone. I remember when my oldest daughter, Annabelle, was only a baby, developed staph infection. Scared to death she was going to die. She was so sick. And I'll never forget when that doctor said she's got staph infection, we got to go do surgery on her. It was the first time that I remember crying before the Lord. I called my mentor, Jimmy Farabee, and I said, man, what do I do? I've never had to trust God like this. You see, until you have your own children, you think you trust the Lord. It was a few years later that my hunter fell in a bucket upside down, almost died, drowned. 
if only rescued by his sister, whom was right behind me, scared to death in the hospital, worried that he wouldn't make it, learning to trust in God alone. I remember preaching in India. They said, no cameras, guys, no videos. We, this is a rough part of town. And we walked through the ghetto. And here I am to preach in the middle of the night and off in the distance I see one of those speaker systems that the Muslims sound out their uh, songs and their music through of worship. And all of these people walking on a main street looking into this church which was just a, 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 a covered facility with dirt floors, rock grounds. And the enemy there looking like he wanted to absolutely kill me. I'll never forget that day because there was a big sheet that went down the side and in the middle of my preaching that sucker fell. I just knew I was dead. Uh, I mean, I just, it was so loud and I just, oh, it's over, but I just kept right on preaching. Listen, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 reminds us that we are to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. That's every bit of us, our being, our minds, our body, our will. Trust in the Lord with all of our heart and not lean on our own understanding, but in all of our ways acknowledge Him. And the text says, He will make straight our paths. You may be on the path that you don't want to be on. The question is, do you accept the path that God has you on? Because that path is the best for you and for the glory of God. We need to stop looking at the pain and start looking at the purpose. What was the purpose? Well, He already gave us the purpose in, in, in chapter 2, verses uh, three and four, which we've already looked at. And that was what? So that you in your suffering would be able to encourage those who are also suffering. So you think about all the sufferings that you've endured in life and how you can help those who are walking through the same problems that you've walked through. You know, some of you have lost loved ones very dear to you. I don't, I don't know what that's like to experience. I mean, I've lost loved ones. Don't get me wrong. But I've never lost a spouse. Uh, some of you have suffered with addiction. God has delivered you out of that. Are we, are we using our sufferings to minister to the body of Christ because we can encourage one another? Or are we relishing in our sufferings? Oh, poor pitiful me. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its perfect result so that what? You may be made perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. There, there is that reality. We need to stop looking at the pain and start looking at the purpose. What is God trying to teach us in the suffering, in the struggle, in the pain? Some of that pain may indeed be the consequence of our own sin. That's not what I'm talking about. There's always consequence to sin, and that may end in pain. 
God is still even gracious in the midst of that. But for the person that's listening today, that's never put their faith in Christ, there is no greater message and opportunity for gospel than right here. Because you are hopeless. You are like them in the fact that you, listen, have a death sentence on your life. That death sentence tells you you can't rely on yourself. You need Christ. You must die to self. You must come to the end of yourselves. And we as Christians must come to the end of ourselves so that we can glorify God through our pains and our sufferings. In the same way that God said to Paul, who delivered us from so great a pearl of death, and will deliver us. Listen, everybody who's put their faith in Christ has been delivered from the pearl of death. Eternal separation from Almighty God. Why? Because we've broken the law of God. You've sinned. You, you've, you've stumbled. You've messed up. You've disappointed Almighty God. And the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. You lack one thing. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. And for us who have been saved, we have faith in a God who raises the dead. There's no greater power than that. There is no greater power than He who can raise the dead. And so we see that in order to navigate successfully through these uncharted waters, my friends, we need to understand that pain must be expected. Secondly, the purpose must be understood. That the reason for the suffering is that you will not trust in yourselves, but trust in Almighty God. But lastly, I want you to see the plea. Remember I told you we're either walking in a suffering, coming out of a suffering, or heading into a suffering. So there is always the job to be done for the believing body of Christ. There is a need to intending and caring and shepherding the body in their times of struggles. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 1.11, you also join in helping us through your prayers. Listen, we have a job to do for those that are suffering, for those that are walking through uh, times of, of, of feeling hopeless. And it begins with us, you and me, those who are born again from above, pleading on behalf for those that are walking through suffering that are dealing with difficult times. Because in life there are good seasons and there are difficult seasons and there are, are, are seasons when there aren't sufferings and there aren't pains and there aren't persecutions and there are seasons that are, but we need to be praying for those who are walking through those times. We need to be reminding that we are praying to Almighty God who is able to raise the dead who is able to grant victory, who is able to give hope, who is able to deliver from addiction. Listen, who is able to fix your messed up marriage? Who is able to fix up your messed up relationships? Who is able to fix this nation? We are praying to a God who is able to protect these missionaries in third world countries that are suffering for the sake of Christ, Not like we have never experienced here yet. Begins with pleading and prayer. 
Prayer usually takes the back seat to everything in life. We spend the least amount of time on anything in our life. It's prayer. Why? Because we have in our mind that we don't need God. <laughs> because life is good. Our refrigerators are full. Our health is good, at least today. Our children are happy. Our home is comfortable. We don't really have needs. But when suffering comes, all of a sudden, we realize how quick life can turn around on us. How quick death can come. This life is but a vapor, my friends. So let me ask you a question today. Are you willing to hit your knees for the pain and the sufferings of others through prayer? Listen, our, our, our pleading is to be persistent. Paul understands the necessity of prayer. He understands the need for this on his behalf and everyone's behalf who is walking in and through God's will through the sufferings that God may receive the glory, the honor, and the praise. Paul understands that James, like James understands, that, that the effective prayer of a righteous man accomplishes much. What we find is a theology of prayer. Paul is a man of God and he understands the importance of interceding on behalf and having others intercede on his behalf. Paul knows that God can accomplish more in 10 seconds than he can accomplish in 10 years. We would do wise and well to do the same. God wants us to be successful Christians in this walk of life. To finish the race well. In order to do so, he knows that he needs the prayers of those around him, Paul says. So Paul desires that we pray, that they pray for his success that he would stand firm in the faith. He says in verse 11, So that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the favor bestowed on us through the prayers of many. They're rejoicing because God has answered their prayers. They are rejoicing. I'm pleading with God to save a man now. who's been on a ventilator and is about to die. It looked like all hope was lost. And God turned it around. He's off the ventilator. He doesn't know Christ. Plead that God would give him another chance to respond to the gospel of grace. We need to be men and women who are praying fervently we need not go to bed at night before we've prayed for someone who's lost that they might come to Christ. I wonder how many of us fail to pray and therefore genuinely fail to give thanks on behalf of the favor of God. Don't grow weary, my friends, in praying for your friends, your family. God is a God who hears. God is a God who answers prayer. So if we are going to navigate through the storms of this life, brothers and sisters, then we must expect the sufferings that this life will bring us. 
We must be prepared for them so that when they come, we understand their purpose. And the purpose is that we would no longer rely in our own strength, but that we would trust in Almighty God. Listen, so many great blessings in my life have come in the most trying moments of life. When God showed up and revealed His ability. In those moments when it seemed like there was no hope, God came through. In my relationship with God, my faith and my trust in God was elevated. And because of that faith, I was able to do things on faith. Because God has allotted to each a measure of faith. So how will we respond? Will we look at the purpose behind it? Listen, it didn't feel good in the moment, but God, when He provided, when God delivered, when God split the Red Sea in that moment of your life, when God routed the Ethiopians like He did in, in 2 Chronicles chapter 14 and gave victory to King Asa, Oh, how powerful a story that is. Why? Because only God could have done it. Listen, many of our sufferings and our pains are simply to show the world what God can do. The first thing we do is rescue to man. What can I do to fix the problem? Rather than going, I am at the end of my rope. God, what are you trying to teach me? And how will you work in this for your glory? So let us commit to understanding the purpose and not negating the plea of persistent prayer for those who are walking through this journey of life with difficulties and suffering. And be reminded that we worship a God who is the God of all comfort. Comes from knowing Christ personally so that we might give Him glory, we might give Him honor, and we might give Him praise. Let's pray. This has been Getting in the Word with Pastor Stuart Guthrie. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. And be sure to visit us online at familybiblefellowship.org. And come see us in person on Sundays at 11 a.m.